This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 48, More Than Enough with Miranda Anderson. <laughs> Nailed it! <laughs> You know what? It's been a while since we've said, hey, welcome to the show. I'm Becky Higgins. This is with <gasps> me. Wait, what did I say? You say with, with me, me is my, my friend, friend and, co-host, and co-host, Becky Profit. And mentor and hero. <laughs> Just kidding. The wind beneath your wings. BP. Sometimes that's exactly how it feels. You're the wind beneath my wings. Um, Becky Proudfit. Hi. Hi. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe like that's appropriate to do once in a while is like say our names because maybe we have new listeners that are listening like now instead of going back. So there you go. I think that's accurate. Yeah. I think I assume everyone knows me at all times. (laughs) Like even in life, seriously. (laughs) Like I just assume. I don't even want to comment on that. Not know who I am because I do a podcast, (laughs) but just like, I don't know. I'm just very familiar with people quickly. Yeah. I think it's a little off-putting it sometimes to I be mean, honest with it's you fine. it's okay I feel great about it I don't think you're off-putting thanks <laughs> I don't think you're off-putting either so now that we're getting through our awkward beginning of the podcast um this is an interesting one I gotta say because Miranda is brilliant okay seriously talk about a woman who learned some lessons and did some things in her life that really raised her quality of life like the fact that she has taken that and has kind of started this whole more than enough movement mm-hmm. is like the thing that sets my soul on fire. It's amazing. I think that had she not written a book and if I had known in detail, like everything that she did, I would have like, if I, you know, and as a personal friend, I would have slapped her and said, you crazy woman, you must write, write a, a book. book. Yeah. <laughs> so thank goodness she did. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness she did. And at the time of recording this part because we're about to play for you the conversation that we recorded with her but Becky you have now completed the book Mm -hmm. I am midway through and loving it we're going to record next week's episode is actually going to be kind of a follow-up discussion since Becky and I have both we will both have added perspective and all of that we've applied it in our lives yeah I think this is a book that every single human being living in the United States of America needs to read yeah because it doesn't just talk about like having enough or it it talks about like just knowing where to draw the line where like if you don't draw the line of when enough is enough Mm -hmm. the line you'll never have enough totally like it's it's really teaching the abundance mentality in such a new and different way and I have applied a lot of it in my life and it has been pretty remarkable yeah I'm excited that we get to share those added insights and perspectives with you next week Mm -hmm. that's super cool The interesting thing about this for me personally is the timing of chatting with Miranda, having her in my home that we literally had moved into the week that she came and me being in a stage of like decorating and furnishing and organizing, organizing and and they're getting things. Yeah. Some acquiring right of new things, not everything, but definitely some things. And so for me, I was like, Ooh, this is going to be interesting for me because I love the message that she's sharing, but how will this apply to me? And you'll hear more about that in this conversation that we're about to share with you. But that's kind of the whole point that we want you to feel is that in the message that Miranda shares and in this conversation we have, you will feel things that are applicable to you. It's the coolest. It's just going to be great. 
And it's not about the things. It's about the thought behind the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't wait for you guys to hear this. <sighs> so much We're not going to waste another minute. But first, let's hear a word from this week's sponsor. We are all on the go all the time. Technology has blessed us with the ability to be able to bank, order groceries, even have a doctor's appointment all from our phone. I love taking pictures with my phone, but I became a mom with 10,000 pictures and was doing nothing with them. That all changed when a friend showed me an app that would help me start doing something with all the pictures I was taking and I could do it while I was sitting at soccer practice. I love that you started using this app even before you knew me back. <laughs> I created the Project Life app to help women who are on the go document their life. You can start today totally for free and change the way you preserve your family's stories. Don't let your pictures sit in a digital wasteland, guys. You can start today by downloading the Project Life app and using our simple layouts to create pages that will tell and honor the experiences of your life. When we say it's simple, really, it's so simple, even my kids can use it. Direct from the app, you can purchase prints of your pages, or you can even print a book for your family to enjoy. My Project Life books sit on our coffee table, and they are our family's favorite. I even use the Project Life app to create unique photo collages when I'm sharing on social media. You can start today by downloading our app. Again, it's free and it's really never been more simple to do something with your pictures and the Project Life app makes it all accessible on any mobile device. Around here, we love to say, live the story you want to tell and the Project Life app will help you get there. I have in my hands the most beautiful book that ever was to hit the market within the last 30 days of the universe. It is called More Than Enough, and we have the author, Miranda Anderson, here with us. Welcome, Miranda. Thank you. This is exciting. This is your first book, I think, right? This is my first book. Okay, so as an introduction to anyone who doesn't know who you are, you, the book is like the most recent project that you have. Yes. But you come from a plethora of experience in your working life. So maybe right. just paint a picture of everything you've got going on from the most recent stuff to what you've been doing this whole time. Yes. Yeah, so um, Miranda Anderson, I the book feels like a baby, you know, that oh, has course. just come. Um, just, it's not even all the way out yet. Oh, well. <laughs> well, but actually, yeah, yeah, by the time this airs. I it, want you to know the visual yeah. that I got when you said the baby is not all the way out yet. Can we just acknowledge <laughs> that for a minute? We can edit this this piece out. Oh, there's no editing, oh, there's Miranda. No we edit- forgot to no tell editing? you. No editing? Oh, I love it. Okay, well. <laughs> no, even better. The, yes. the book is now, when you're listening to this, it is out. It'll, it is. It, it'll be a whole yes. new feeling, maybe. Um, yeah, so it's been a big project um, that stemmed... Uh, out of an uh, an experiment that our family did. I but love experiments. It's great, This right? is awesome. Experimenting and trying new things and just sort of like testing out, you know, a different way of living um, temporarily to kind of see if it would work and then, and then move into it for real. But um, I, before I even had the idea of writing a book, which I wasn't a person who grew up thinking, I want to be an author, I'm going to have a book someday. I liked writing, um, but I... I don't know. I just, I'm a nurse. I, I worked as a nurse for a long time. And, and I also, uh, my husband started a blog back in the OG days of blogging and 2007, we were living abroad in, um, Costa Rica. I'm sorry, in Puerto Rico. And he saw that Blogspot was a, was a thing. And so mm-hmm. he created a, a, a blog for us and, um, 
we used it to just share with our friends and family what we were up to. And then I kind of got in the habit and I always like to write and I like to share. And so I got in the habit of writing on the blog, kind of like writing a journal and, um, for years. So I wrote this blog for years and years and years. And, um, you know, sometime after a year or two, I realized that there were people sharing on blogs. I mean, this all, all of my friends had blogs. They were all like them and their husband and there was a blog roll down the side and you click every day, you know, to see, um, what people were up to. And, uh, and then at some point I realized that people were sharing more than just their personal stories. And I've been a creative person, a seamstress, a DIYer. And so I started sharing projects in addition to like our family story. And, um, in about 2012 realized that like I had an audience that was following me beyond like my mom. Right. Fact, <laughs> yeah. my mom and my sister, as you yeah. know. Um, and it was such a fun community online um, and just kind of organically grew through regular sharing. Um, and so I thought maybe around that time too, I saw that people were actually using their blogs as businesses. It became this legitimate thing that you could like be a blogger. It was kind and of around the time, don't you think, right that then. it was like happening where exactly. that was really coming up. Right. right, exactly. Yeah. It was kind of cutting edge and it was still a little bit Wild West. And in some ways it still is. But it Seriously. was kind of when some of what are now big, huge websites were blogs that were just establishing themselves, working with sponsors, more than just sidebar ads, you know, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And um, so I decided that I thought I wanted to do that. I loved writing and sharing on the blog. It was like a full-time hobby in addition to my work as a nurse. And I was um, pregnant with my third baby and I was ready to like maybe spend more time at home. And I thought, well, great, if I can just switch and have um, nursing be kind of my back pocket idea mm. and the blog be my my real job, then, I, then I'll do that. So I... Um, so and the I, blog was like more the DIY focus or yeah. what was like the mm-hmm. blog back yep. in those days? So it was always lifestyle. I always was okay. sharing about my family and um, we did a lot of moving. So I was sharing about that. Um, I've done DIY kind of design and decor within my home. So I was sharing about that. And then a lot of sewing for a lot of years, like it, the sewing was a really kind of front seat thing. Um, and yeah, around that time, decided to give it a try and started working with companies uh, to do sponsored posts and actually make money as a blogger rather than just share, you know, all the posts that I had been sharing anyway. Mm -hmm. And it was really fun. I found it to be really rewarding. And so I loved, um, creating content and, and doing like big photo shoots. And I mean, it was all really fun throwing parties and doing step-by-steps, teaching people how to, um, make this or that. I've always like been a pattern maker as a seamstress. So I would share people, share how to create you know, a t-shirt from their old t-shirt or, um, I don't know, make a little dress for their little girl. And, um, just kind of, uh, I see now that I've always been a teacher. I was like showing people how to do things that they might want to learn how to do. And, um, and sharing all the information as I learned things, I was anxious to like, Oh, you guys need to know this, you know? Um, I think that's how the best sharing happens, right? Is when it comes from a genuine place of like, I love this and I figured it out and let me show you how you can do it too. Totally. Yeah. So, um, so I did that for a few years and still, um, work as a blogger. Um, and also, uh, around, so a few years in, so as like an actual blogger, I'm doing the thing I'm working with, um, with companies And, uh, I decided that I felt like I also wanted to pair back in my, in my lifestyle. Hmm. Like I had three kids, we had a big house, lots of stuff. 
and I was working a lot and as a blogger you get a lot of stuff like swag comes to the door all the time and I was having this kind of um, come to Jesus moment with myself about like gosh I just have so much going on I need to learn how to like choose what matters the most to me and focus on those things Um, at times I had an Etsy shop. Um, I did custom sewing for a long time. Um, I still have some patterns that are for sale just because they are PDF and they just ship right off. Um, I, I, I taught craft classes. Um, I mean, there's like all these different facets, right? Yeah. That that kind of stem from the blog. And it sounds like really you loved experimenting all along the way. So as a business person, you really kept a very open mind during this journey and still today because you're like, man, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll try that. This sounds neat. Maybe I'll go that direction, right? Like that's kind of how you've been. Totally. So, Which only serves you well. Right. Exactly. Well, right. Yeah. I feel like um, I don't have a a big fear of failure. There you go. Great as a entrepreneur, right? I feel like I'm the same way. Let's just try it. Like throw something at the wall and if it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't, like now we know. Um, so currently I have a podcast that launched last September. What's it called? It's called live free creative. And, um, the hope of each show is to inspire people to live a more creative, adventurous, and intentional life. Um, so the topics are kind of all over the place, but they're all kind of to this core to like help you discover what you want your best life to be and then to feel like you have the freedom to do it. Yeah. Um, and I have a product shop. It's just a really small, intentionally small product shop. It's called uh, live free creative company shop. Um, and it has a very small line of intentional living goods. So it's like t-shirts and sweatshirts and a leather luggage tag. They all have my family motto, which is less stuff, more adventure. Because that's all based on what you're going to be sharing with us in a moment about that experiment that you did as a family. So that's cool. Um, which I love it. And it's a little bit ironic to like, not, we're not a we're a minimalist family and we don't buy a lot of stuff, but I have this little product line. Right. Um, but I also feel like we do need clothes. And so if you, if the choice is buying a random t-shirt at Target or buying this t-shirt that like shares a message that resonates with you, like I'm, I'm all about the um, Mm -hmm. graphic tee, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like part of my capsule wardrobe. Absolutely. Um, and then, uh, yeah, also in the shop, there's a little line of, um, prints, just downloadable prints for your house that are all photographs I've taken on adventures that That's I've gone awesome. on. So, oh my gosh. And so then, fun. And then the book. You're speaking her language over there. So downloadable then prints from the adventures. book, yeah. like the book comes from not this childhood dream of I'm going to write a book and be an author, but really you have this experiment as a family right. and then you decide that this needs to be shared. At which point, honestly, did you think this might be a book? Was it toward the beginning in the middle or not till... Later. It was, it was sometime in the middle. Okay. So as a blogger and like I mentioned, a lifestyle blogger where it was kind of journal sharing, uh, I, we started this experiment that in fact, um, the, the experiment, let me just like share briefly so that you yeah, feel context. like we're holding yeah. out on you. So I love the context. The yeah. experiment was that our family of five would not buy anything that was not a consumable product. So consumable products are groceries, gas, printer ink, shampoo, shampoo, yeah. that we wouldn't buy anything that wasn't completely consumable for the year of 2017. And in that's fact, a huge, massive commitment that's making Becky Proudfit feel, I know, half excited. <laughs> this like- is partially why I like really love Miranda and, and, and her book and her work is that, you know, for me of the two of us, this would uh-huh. be a much harder challenge uh-huh. for me than it would be for BH. <laughs> But it is so 
intriguing to me. It's very, um, very intriguing. The non-consumables, yeah. um, the non-consumable purchases. And the thing that I love about this experiment, going back to kind of what you said at the beginning is, um, I love that you said you have the freedom to like, just try things, try yeah. things in your life, try things in your family and see if it works. Totally. And if it doesn't, that's totally fine. And if it does, it can become a way of life. But I think sometimes we hold ourselves back much like I'm doing right this very minute about this experiment because you think, I don't want that to become permanent. And so what if I do it and I like it or, you know what I mean? Or what if I do it and I hate it? And, and we get afraid to like try on these different, these different things when really we can discover something that could totally transform our life. I'd like to issue an invitation before Miranda really goes deeply on that, on this note that we're talking about and the ears that we should all be listening with. I think that we should all keep a really open mind about what this message means for us because as, as most of you know, I have just moved into a new home. Uh, consuming, purchasing. You're purchasing way more than me right now. Let the for sure. record show. For sure. It's happening. It is going on the calendar. And, but here's the point of it. It's not just consumerism for consumerism's sake. This is a long, long, long time dream that's almost, I don't know how to explain it, but it's a very non-materialistic thing. Like it's, it makes my create, my creative side. I'm a very highly creative person and I'm a highly organized person. And those worlds coming together are like exploding in the most beautiful way in my world, in my personal world. And I love it. And it brings me joy because I've been waiting for so long to do something like this, right? This has been a long, long time in coming. Now, having said that, most of our listeners know of my recent, like way step back on work, like work outside of the podcast. Like I majorly hit the brakes, like a, like it was my job to hit the brakes. And so in my world, that was my way of like, let's stop here. And for you, your experiment was let's stop spending. Right. And so my point is, as you share, let's all keep that, keep in tune with our, our personal feelings and thoughts that we're having, because what you're going to share is going to resonate with everyone if they let it, because it may not mean the exact same thing, the way your family did it, but it's going to mean something. And, and whatever that means for each person is going to be really special. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So then who is your, your husband and kids, like what was their response? Cause I'm sure this was your idea, right? Yeah. So it was my idea. I feel like there was a, um, a series of things. You know that thing when you decide you want to buy a car and you immediately start seeing it on every corner and everywhere you go, right? <laughs> yeah. So it like converges. As soon as your mind is tuned into a certain channel, like the the universe manifests everything that you need. It's all right totally there. True. It's been there the whole time. Yep. So I started to, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, feel like, gosh, I need to pair back. And there is so much stuff happening like both as a blogger where I was getting all this stuff all the time. I had packages coming to my house very regularly and it was part of my job, but it also made me a little uncomfortable. And some of the companies that I was um, working with, I really liked the products, but if I look back now, I'm realizing that it, it maybe wasn't something that I really was going to use every day for my entire life, but it was a, it was a job opportunity. Absolutely. And so there was some balance of that, but there, I kind of had like to rectify for myself, am I living aligned with my true values? And when I look deep inside and the, and the book shares a lot of kind of this, um, the backstory of this. I realized that I've been the happiest being scrappy. I am a creative person and I am a make it do person. And I had always felt like our, like my husband and I and, and our young family that we were living a really great lifestyle, even though at the time when I began this challenge, we had 
more stuff in terms of, um, you know, financial success and home and, you know, actual belongings than ever, I could look back and say at every point in my life, I felt really fulfilled and really joyful. So obviously all of this stuff right now isn't what's causing that joy. There has, it's been there all along. And so maybe we've overcompensated. Mm, Maybe we've taken things a little too far. And, and I, I say that and it sounds like I was like a shopaholic, which I totally wasn't. I have always considered myself to be somewhat of a minimalist. Yeah. But just personally, I had a couple things kind of converge, a couple books I was reading, a documentary I watched, and it was kind of a random, hun, what would you think if we just didn't buy anything for this year? And it was the first week of January, which I think also was like, you know. Right. It's a good time. It was a good time. I normally do one or two big resolutions and I was like, okay, well this could be our thing. This could be our resolution. And we, we called it an experiment and a challenge because like you were saying, uh, we didn't know how it was going to go. Or probably if you could even be successful. Well, exactly. That would be my hesitation with rolling this out to my family, mm. which I mean, I love January because we've talked about this before about Christmas, but in the past I've had Christmases where like you just look at the like aftermath, the aftermath and I was just disgusted. Like I was so disgusted with us. And so I love that January it started that. And when that you say, like, sorry, just a little context, when you say disgusted with yourselves, you meant like from a consumerism standpoint. From a consumerism standpoint. Yeah, just like, like ugh, look all at all this stuff. and it's just so much and stuff and we don't even need all this stuff. Yeah. And, and, um, and we, we tried to be a little bit more intentional with our Christmas purchases after that. Um, I love that it came in January. That feels like such a good time to do it. But I could see myself like having that moment of disgust, wanting to roll this out and then stopping myself because I'm afraid like, what if I roll out this experiment and I'm the one who fails? And then like, I'm not leading my family in this thing that I thought we should try. Yeah. So how did you get right. past that? Was it scary to no, like approach really, your kids? Well, remember and, that Miranda said she's not afraid of failure, right? And Which, I'm not even afraid I know of you're failure not. I know life, you're not. But, but like, I think that that's oh. just such an interesting dynamic for yourself to be like, I want to try this, but I feel you, Becky. Like I would feel that like, well, shoot, I want to be successful with this. So even though you're a person who's not afraid of failure, this is totally one of those things. I am not afraid of failure for myself. When I am leading my family or children in something, that becomes a different story because I do not want to be like the piece that fails. When it's me, myself, it's so much easier, right? When When it involves me leading my children or family, yeah, that's a little harder. No, that makes sense. So then how did that go? Right. So I think there's two there's two pieces that feel like they fit here to share. One was that we totally d- didn't have any clear expectation. We thought, okay, mm. here's our guidelines. We're going to not buy anything non-consumable. We're going to... Um, that included, you know, show, uh, clothes, shoes. Although with shoes, I had three young kids. And I right. said, they're, they Let's may be not... honest, that's a consumable sometimes for totally. young children. Exactly. Totally exactly. consumable. Worn out. Yeah. So we, totally. we thought, we lived in Texas at the time. We were like, our kids won't really grow out of their clothes. My kids, my boys wear sports clothes anyway. And it's a virtually seasonless wardrobe in Texas because the winters are really mild. And yeah. I was like, clothes will be fine. Shoes, we had a guideline that we could replace one for one. So tennis shoes, when they got too small, we could buy tennis shoes. Boots, cowboy boots for my little Texans. Aww. When they were uh, <laughs> too small, we could get new cowboy boots. Um, but it was just beca- to, to make allowances for things that we knew would would come up. Mm-hmm. Um, furniture, I mean, like you, Becky, we, we had lived in our house for four years. So we weren't like brand new. I had decorated the house. I had... It was already I mean, And I was still kind of switching things up here and there, but sure. it was unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like I was... 
like, oh, I really like that, but maybe I should get the new one or the the next one or, you know, I've shot this room so many times, maybe I should switch it out so that I have more content. I mean, to be totally honest, you yeah. know? And I thought, you know, my house the mentality is mentality well of a blogger. <laughs> you know you're a blogger when. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so, but we also were like, we don't know everything that might happen. And, and we didn't pre-plan it. So we didn't say, okay, next month we're going to start. So let's think of everything that we might need and buy it all and like stock up. It's like we that decided from one day to the next before a diet. Before a diet, where you're like, I'm going to start Monday, and so tonight I'm gonna eat we're going to live like we're dying at <laughs> at the movie theater exactly. and just go for it. So we kind of made a uh, we, at Olive Garden. <laughs> we we had this like very open mindset. Cool. We, the the goal was X Y Z, and you know to not buy any non consumable goods, and we were just going to see what happened. And I didn't even I know if it was that. possible. Sure. I mean, I was like, here's our challenge. Can we do it? Hmm. And, um, and so I, I can't believe you rolled it out for a year though. Because yeah. I'm like, I actually really want to try this. But in my mind, I'm like, I cannot say the words a year because I feel like that would be setting yeah, me up. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm so impressed that you, that you really gave it that timestamp of like, we're doing a year. Because you know, to me, a, a month sounds commitment. like a massive commitment. Mm-hmm. I think that, I honestly think the year timeline came because it was January and we were thinking... I mean, everyone in January, at the beginning of the year, you're thinking, what can I do this year? Mm. What can, wh- why will this year be different than last year? And so I was in the headspace naturally of a year. And so it just, and it didn't honestly feel that daunting. It felt like, wow. And I'll tell you why it didn't feel that daunting. Because the, the place that I started, all of these things that had happened, the books I had been reading, I had done this cabinet clean out in my kitchen. And like I said, we had lived there for four years. That's the longest we had lived anywhere mm. at that point. And I was cleaning out my kitchen cabinets, the ones that were kind of like office supply stuff. And this was like a week before. And I took away four garbage bags full of stuff. You yeah. either donated them I, or I threw can't them even away. imagine. Please refer to Becky Higgins' stories about cleaning her office where she had no less than 7,400 pens and pencils that it's were insane. donated. So no shame. No I'm shame. in the space of thinking, we have so much stuff. Right. We have so much stuff. And so as I thought about, okay, we could probably go a year without needing any, anything else. And so I, I actually did this mental walkthrough, just a quick like, we've got lots of shoes, we've got lots of clothes, my house is decorated, we have two cars that are functioning, my kids have bikes or scooters, um, what else, you know, like there's some plants, I have a couple candles, you know, I'm like, I think that we have everything that we need. I couldn't wrap my mind around what else could I possibly need? Yeah. I actually couldn't think of a single thing hmm. that I absolutely needed. You know, you might be at this place, and this is kind of a place Taylor and I have gotten, is when it's your birthday or Christmas and your spouse is like, well, what do you want? And you literally are like, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's really nothing material that That's I not want. the conversation that we have in our marriage. That, I, you know, that I, that <laughs> I don't have. Because we just don't buy gifts for each other oh, because yeah. we have enough. Right. Like, we just, that for us, it would be like, what would be the point? What, what are we it trying to prove? It would be a placeholder. Prove? It would be that action of, like, letting your kids see that you bought it. But really, we've replaced that with trips and experiences exactly. in our family because... Yep. Because same thing. And, and maybe that's a good gauge. Is if, like... Is if someone says, what would you like for your birthday and you don't have like a solid list of things, like maybe you have enough. I'm pointing the finger at myself just so we're all clear about what's happening here. Because I'm totally at that place where I'm like, there's nothing. Like there's nothing I really need or like... 
well, want? I'm, could I find things that like would be cool? Every I'm single sure day. I could. Every Hello, single day. Hello, Sky Mall Magazine. Hello. All day long. Like, are you kidding me? Serious? <laughs> the Sky Mall Magazine of all things. I literally find things in there is and I'm like. Is that still a thing? Yes, it is. Oh my gosh. I list it on the airplane oh and I'm like, gosh. of course I need a massaging head right. pillow that also <laughs> has eucalyptus in it. Right. And is a flotation device. Right. How did I live without it? I'm just. And t- I've never bought anything from there, but that's what I'm saying is you can always talk yourself into wanting more and needing more. Right. Right. And it's about maybe getting yourself in the headspace of like, like you said, choosing that it's enough. Right. Yeah. And choosing what's enough doesn't, uh, like I said earlier, doesn't even have to mean a materialistic thing. And so for me, it was work. I, I had enough work and to hit the brakes on work in a sense was like exactly what I needed to do to recognize how everything that I had been doing was enough, you know, for a season. So totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you got this challenge rolling. I'm interested yeah. to hear in the beginning, was there like a, a detox period? So there was, I decided, and I've, I've just done this naturally as juggling motherhood and work and, and relationships and running a household that I realized that I needed to put some systems in place so that, um, I, so that, it was natural to not buy things. And so a couple things that I did were to delete any emails that were from companies that would be sending me like sale notifications. Hmm. So I just went through, I used, I actually used a, um, take away the triggers. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I I used, um, unroll.me. Oh yeah. And so if you guys don't know about that, mm -hmm. unroll.me, it it, it goes through your inbox and it, notifies you of every single subscription that you have. And at the, at, when I very first did it, I had like 250. And I wasn't oh, receiving 250 solicitous emails per day, but just that I was on their list. So when they did want to send one, I was there. So I chose, and you can you don't have to delete all of them, but I chose which ones were uplifting messages and people that I wanted to be subscribed to versus... J Crew and you know mm-hmm. Madewell and all of the companies that I love there I love getting those emails but not when I don't want to buy anything. So I deleted that. I decided I, I already all, only grocery shopped about once a week, but I decided that other than grocery shopping that I didn't need to go to the mall. I didn't need to go on a Target run. Uh, and so I stayed out of stores. Staying out of Target would be really crucial for me. <laughs> right. I was going to say that. Totally. For I, everyone. By the end mm-hmm. of this episode, I'm going to have you verbalize a solid goal. In your life, that's I think related I'm to perfect, this. Becky. Let's move on, Miranda. What's next? <laughs> no, I just I feel like there's a there's a part of there's a part of you that really I feel like just get this Do little you know vibe. I want to try it because want to try something, something like that this. really appeals to me is like I I really love trying things I know are going to be super difficult, and I almost feel like when something scares me just a little bit, uh-huh. like that's the thing you love to, to do. Feel scared. I do. I like to feel scared because then I know that I'm having a pain point with something that's probably borderline unhealthy. And I need to like be afraid and work through that and adjust and let that not have like a position of fear in my life anymore. Well, because you know, that's where the real growth that's happens, where growth happens. Totally. but it doesn't have to be a full year. I'm just thinking like, yeah. like there's gotta be like a version of this kind of concept that could mm-hmm. be really, and I'm thinking about it for me too, but it's less about consumerism in a material realistic way because I'm not, the, not and I'm in a you. season of wanting to furnish my home and I totally. love it and so I'm not gonna you know right it doesn't make sense to do what no, you did for a year but I'm so inspired by the concept that it's making me think about how this applies in my life so 
yeah, carry on. Keep totally. inspiring us. So, I, I still can't believe that it actually, I can believe because I know that it happened, but the fact that you carry this out through an entire year, it's not like, oh, that's impossible. How'd you do it? It's more the fact that you really thought about it ahead of time. You went through the mental exercise of systems because that's what you're talking about. What are the, what's the workflow look like? Not going to Target, not going to the mall, right? Right. The, like that makes sense. Yep. So then. Yeah. So, um, and the other thing I think that was really helpful, that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a no shopping for the sake of no shopping, and it wasn't a no spending. The, the purpose, there's a whole chapter in the book that says it, it's not about the money. It wasn't a budgeting issue. Yeah. It was, in fact, we, people ask all the time, how much money did you save for yeah. a year of not shopping? And I said, we, we, A, we didn't keep track of that, and B, we spent it all on other things like taking our family on a trip to Europe and going to the movie, saying yes more often to let's buy the science museum pass so that I can take the kids often. Let's, you know, treat my, treat my friends to mayonnaise and petties for birthdays. That was something that maybe before I felt like, gosh, I don't really have the cushion in my budget to, to do that. But now I did because I wasn't spending all of those extra resources on things that were unnecessary on stuff that I would put in the back of a closet or that I'd wear a couple times or that, you know, would be cute in the corner. And then like the next time I redecorated, I'd get rid of it anyway. And so that's where the mantra, less stuff, more adventure came in. And that sort of emerged naturally. We didn't start out thinking, okay, we're going to spend all of our money that we don't buy stuff with on trips, but it sort of naturally emerged. Um, the other thing that was really helpful starting out was that, like I said, the purpose wasn't no shopping. The purpose was a recognizing that what we had was more than enough and really cultivating a culture of abundance in our family that my kids would realize when they wanted something that they also could turn around and see that they had those same somethings in different forms. And that that was really powerful. Just gratitude. And um, the instant, like the seriously, the instant that we decided, we confirmed Dave and I eye to eye, yes, we are going to not shop for a year. We looked at, at, around at our house and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I actually had, there were a couple things I had bought pretty recently and I was like, I'm so glad I bought those because now I have them, you know? <laughs> right. But just that totally. as soon as you turn off the ability voluntarily, but turn off the ability to have more, what you already have instantly becomes more important and you become more grateful for it, not through loss, but through the absence of more. Mm. And that was powerful all through the challenge that I would see things that were really beautiful and say, gosh, I'm so glad that I have something beautiful like that already in my home or already that I wear or, you know, already I love my, you know, 15 year old minivan. Like I love it so much. I don't need more, you know? So just that that is really helpful. We also wanted to cultivate patience. And this was something where I thought, you know, I was trying to teach my kids this anyway. They were young, seven, five, and three when we did this challenge. And I remember telling them often, you know, you don't need one of those or let's wait or, you know, and, and then on, in the same day or the same breath, I would want something Mm. and I would get it because I'm the mom. And so they need to wait because it's not time. I don't think it's time for them to have a new this or that. But if I want it, I'm the one with the money. I'm the one, you know, and I thought, gosh, we all could work on this. It's something we could all work on. And so cultivating abundance, patience, and gratitude were really high on our mm. list. And those are all values that I feel really strongly about. Uh, they're things that I wanted to be teaching. I wanted to be living. And I felt like this challenge was a way to step into the place where I was living that. And it's really different thinking about it than living it. 
And that alignment is mm-hmm. really powerful. Well, and that example okay. you're setting for your kids is, is the most powerful thing they see. And if they're always seeing mom, again, pointing the finger at myself, like going to Target and picking up that extra few things because it was cute and like whatever, that, that becomes their like normal, right? Is then we're immersing them in this consumerism and, and then they take that into their adult lives of like what it looks like. I love that you talked about patience and gratitude because that's something with my kids. Um, I grew up with a lot less money in, in a different situation than my kids are growing up with. And not that we have, you know, everything in, you know, they have, they, they want for nothing. It's not that, but it's so hard to instill that perspective of, of gratitude in a society where like, I distinctly remember my kids, you know, in various phases of growing up coming to me asking for like, Oh, this cool sneaker. And I'm like, where did you even, how do you even know about this? And it would be from like channels in between Dora or something. And so this kids are growing up in this society with so much, so much media that the consumerism is truly instilled in them from like their earliest memories. Right. And this whole, you know, flow of consumerism into their lives and wanting more and wanting this and wanting that, like they have that in a way I feel like we did not have. Well, but also as a kid, I absolutely remember consumerism being shoved down our throats as well. And I say that because my, I being a TV watcher, like just as a kid watching TV, commercial, 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 the JC Penney catalog, did anyone else? Was I the only one who I got that put, catalog? I like, sticky notes in the catalog for the things yes. that I wanted for Christmas. Like, I, I folded I the corners. It. I'm yeah. with you. I, yeah. I circled. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Red, red marker. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. On the nightstand. You guys, yeah. this is so precious that we all did that with the JC Penny <laughs> yes. catalog. That kind of makes me happy. So when I say shove down our throats, I don't mean like society's evil and they no, made us do it, but not. I'm saying like we really did all grow up with that. It just looks different now because of the way it's being presented, but it's still there. And we did grow up with it also. It's just, it's a different flavor. But I think well, if we can all be honest, I think that we've all had that experience. If you have children where our kids have asked for something and we're like, how, how do you how, even how know have we about gotten that? to this place yeah. of like that you're not seeing all that you have, right? Right. And that's something I've been super, super aware of in trying to instill in our kids. So, well, and I, I immediately, like, as soon as I started thinking about this from the perspective of, okay, none of us need more, we all have more than enough, my kids and myself included, uh, I could see how it was really easy to want to teach that to my kids, but not always live up to it myself. Yeah. And I think point. as far as advertising and consu- general consumerism, it's so, so, uh, covert now. It's almost, it's almost so inundating in our lives through social media. And like, you don't have to watch a commercial anymore. No one watches commercials anymore. We're all just watching Netflix and there are no commercials, right? Right. But when you scroll through Instagram, what do you see? Ads. Every single person not only the actual oh, ads, no, you're right. no, but every single totally. person selling something. And it's not even that they mean to, because sometimes I see my friend from high school who is not an influencer in a cute new dress. And I message her and I say, Hey, where'd you get that dress? I love it. And she tells me, and I think to myself, Oh, I should go get one. Mm-hmm. It's like, because of the, the abundance of peaks into everyone's lives. Mm. Yeah. And these, and we, everyone starts to feel like a friend our real friends and then our favorite bloggers and influencers and then the people that we admire. And then we start to wonder why our life doesn't maybe look a little bit more like theirs sometimes. Mm -hmm. And we start to see everything that we see and, and, and question whether or not it's right for us too. And I think that we, I mean, are just inundated constantly by messaging that says, 
if you had this, you would feel better. If you wore this, you would look cuter. If your family went on this vacation, you might feel a little closer. And I took this opportunity to, and I was part of the problem. And I, I mean, I still am. I'm a vlogger, right? I'm very, very conscious and way more um, consistent with the, the very, very limited products that I will promote and companies that I work with now. But I remember thinking this, this kind of paradox that like, I don't want to be another voice telling people that the things they have are not enough. I want to be a voice saying, your life today is just the way that it's supposed to be. And you are more than enough right now today without having accomplished anything else, without having started that company that you've had on your mind, without having that other kid or two that you kind of think that you might want, without earning more money, without going on a trip, without ever having accomplished what you think might be these big, awesome things that everyone around you is doing, that without all of that, that you still are enough, that you matter just because you exist. And that's a message that we don't hear enough, that we all need. That, that sometimes escapes us. And so we're all striving for more, more accomplishment. Like you're talking about work. Like mm-hmm. there's always something else to do when, uh, when you're always. an entrepreneur. You can do more. You can work harder. You can strive better. There's, there's new deadlines. There's new financial goals. There's opportunities. There's, yes. Yeah. There's, there's always something more. Mm-hmm. And what's so interesting and something that I found to just be fascinating for me is I, I've always been like a high achiever. I've been a really high energy personality. I always wanted to be involved in everything. I like doing a lot of things. And so I've just kind of done it all. And when I used to think about the idea of feeling contentment, I thought, well, isn't that equal to stagnation? Hmm. Like when I decide I have enough, won't that be when I stop growing? Because Mm -hmm. we all want to grow. We all want to progress. And what I found this last couple years that I've just really internalized and started to live from a place of feeling like who I am is enough, where I am in my life is enough. My motivation to progress comes out of desire and out of enthusiasm instead of out of fear or instead of out of scarcity. And so I was uh, talking with Becky. I love that I can just say like Becky, either of you Beckys. (laughs) Before uh, the book came out, before it even hit Amazon, before it hit people's hands, I felt like my work on it, I had fulfilled everything that I needed to do with it before I even sold a single copy. Right. I, as I was writing it, I was feeling like every day that I sat down to write more, that's what I wanted to be doing. The process was the progress. And I didn't ever postpone the feeling of accomplishment until it was done and had sold, you know, however many copies. The feeling of accomplishment was that I was doing what I felt like I wanted to do. And that desire, like it's such a powerful thing to feel like even if I don't write a book, my life will have been worthwhile, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I want to. And it's because it's fun and exciting and feels like, feels like a, 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 something that I'm, you know, in some ways called to do, you know, less spiritual than that sounds to be totally honest. I felt like. Uh, back to your question way long ago about like, did you all, you know, at what point did you want to write this book? I started sharing very honestly on the blog, we're going to do this challenge and I don't know how it's going to go. And 
I have a couple sponsorships that I've already contracted to that I'm going to have to wrap up. So forgive me. Like there's going to be a couple, I'm going to tell you about a couple products that I, you know, in this year of not shopping, and then I'm going to get rolling and share the challenges and share the, how things are going and if it's going well and what's going on. And I had been blogging for years and years at that point and had a really engaged, wonderful audience and nothing ever resonated more mm-hmm. than when I started to share That's about cool this. That's cool to hear. That's really fascinating. People started responding in the comments. I had people that I hadn't seen in years send me emails and say, oh my gosh, this, you know, I'm fascinated watching this. This is what I need to hear. And I think it was because it was a message that was just a little bit different than what I had been sharing, what everyone else had been sharing. And about halfway through the year, I realized that we, um, that the challenge was going to that it, it was already impacting our lives so much. Like we, our family is fundamentally different than it was three years ago. Wow. And I felt like I'm already writing about it so much. So a book is the right format to share it with an even wider audience. And for the people who, who may need it, they may come across it and, and find something. Not that they want to repeat the challenge that we did, but just to, to compart, impart the message that... Um, that where they are is okay and that that's a good place to be for today. There's so many things I'm loving about what you're sharing. I want to share a couple of the thoughts that I'm having um, to piggyback on what you have been talking about. First of all, I love the parallel of what, because our listeners know that Becky's been talking about writing a book, um, been working on it, and you have said to me personally, but I think also on the show, I can't remember because, you know, we you talk know, all the time. You're welcome to share anything. Go <laughs> um, for it. But you have shared how even if the only people that ever even read the book are your very own children, that that mm-hmm. was enough because the whole point wasn't about selling a million copies. That wasn't the point for you. That isn't the point for you. And no. so I love, I love that parallel. I love so much because that is, that's kind of, that's kind of the point. Like we need to be doing things for the right intention. That is what cultivating a good life really means to us. Like that has yeah. to be what it is. I wrote about this last week on, on my Instagram because I was thinking about summertime mm-hmm. and these goals we have. And, and I was starting to feel a little antsy with my children. Like I love, I love summertime. I love having my kids around. Like I just, I love it so much. And also at the end of the day, like going through like, oh, I just really wanted to get this done and get that done and, and move this forward with the business or do that or, and, and having to talk myself down from like having those quantifiable gold star days. Do you know what I mean? Where we're so accustomed to like having, um, you know, with Instagram, like you talk about followers or engagement or, you know, I think that there is so much information out there now that like you have a purpose and you need to fulfill it. And then you have to start a company and you have to write a book and you have to do a podcast and do all these things that it's, it's almost hard to just like sit where you're at and be present and and know that like today, like that's enough. And, and that those external validators of like the quantifiable results are like, I always call it like the gold star in mothering. Like no one's putting a gold star in your chart. Cause you were an awesome mom that day. Like that just doesn't happen. And finding that validation within like the moments, right? Finding the validation within the security of knowing like that it's enough, mm-hmm. you're enough and it's enough, whatever it is. Absolutely. It's mm-hmm. so important. It's just, it's everything because you can build, you know, if your heart is that you want to be an entrepreneur and you build a $10 billion company, if it's not founded on the principle of I'm enough and it's enough, you still will be unhappy, 
with $10 billion. Exactly. So there's nothing you can build that if this isn't cared for within yourself that is going to fulfill you or validate you. There is no gold star large enough, right? There is no number high enough if this isn't put into check in our lives. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The other um, parallel that I'll share that it's a little more personal and probably premature to share, but as you're talking about the process. And I asked you about the timeline, cause I'm always curious about that. Like when did somebody, when did somebody feel the seed being planted? When did somebody feel that first nudge? And when did they kind of feel like this is probably going to be something? And, and the parallel I feel for myself in that is because I put a screeching halt to a lot of the, the initiatives that we were working on within the business and things like that. I have already felt like at some point could be a year from now, 10 years from now. I don't know when, but I feel like my journey of like that experience of unexpectedly stopping all this madness that apparently I didn't know was madness, but it was, and it took over my life. And I had this anxiety attack that changed my life and all of those things that, and your experience and the things that each of us goes through those, those are just not meant to keep to ourselves. And so I've already felt those like little teeny tiny mustard seeds, really like teeny tiny being planted of like, this is later you're going to like be sharing. You're going to be talking back about this experience, whatever that looks like, whether it's a book or it's talking, or it's just sharing one-on-one with a friend or, and I don't even know if I've even had some of the experiences that still are yet to come, right. That have to do with that. But I think that um, my thought in sharing that is that as you went through your experience with your family, and this was an experiment, and you started feeling those nudges, the key here is you didn't ignore them. Right. So while you weren't necessarily like, I'm going to sit down with my computer today and start writing a book in the middle of this year, you were thinking about it, and you just left your mind open, and you left your heart open, and then you pursued it when it was the right time. And we talk about that a lot. You cannot ignore those nudges. You can't ignore those feelings of like whatever's brewing inside that you think you're supposed to be doing. You know, we all have a common friend in Allison who says, if you feel called to do it, freaking do it. Right. Are those her words? Those are her words. Okay. Right. Like that, just that reminder of like, just can't ignore that. Like we all have something that we're thinking about. So I just, I really, I applaud that you, you did this not for, not for praise or recognition or, or even to write a book. Or even to write a book. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't a marketing tactic. And that's my, that was kind of, I was going to ask you a leading question about like, could you have written this book without the experiment, like the financial or, you know, the, the abundance experiment. And, and I love that the experiment came first, right? Your heart being open and you listening came first, which then transformed your family, which then you felt compelled to share to help others. Right. Right. So it wasn't a marketing strategy to like, I bet this would really resonate with people. Like that's just not like the great women and one man that we have had on our podcast. (laughs) That is such a common thread that like, I think sometimes again, we put the cart before the horse where we're like, well, this will be really successful and I know it'll resonate or whatever. And, and for all the really great, strong, amazing women, that is a common thread is it is never that it's being open, figuring things out step by step having a love and a passion to change the world or change your life or change someone else's. And that is what leads to 
being able to write a book and have this tangible piece of your work that I'm certain will sell millions of copies. Uh, <laughs> Miranda, did you know? I, millions. That, I mean, I would <laughs> wow. take it, to be honest. But um, but even if it didn't, do you know crazy. what I mean? Well, exactly. And that's what's so beautiful about... I mean, I just have felt like the process has been amazing. Yeah. I actually, I finished the manuscript. I mean, there's a whole, there's a whole different story from finishing the actual challenge to having a book in hand. Like that's a whole oh other gosh, thing, right? Right. Yeah. Um, that could be another book in itself. Right. Exactly. To talk about that the process, process of actually writing and putting down and, you know, but, uh, it, this last February, my husband and I went to Germany. He was there for work and I invited myself along I love doing that those it's are like the, the best, best kinds of trips ever <laughs> yes so um I finished my final edit on the manuscript on the flight to mm. Munich and then the, the the few days we were there he was out mostly working and I was spending time by myself and in the hotel and wandering around and um he came home after the first or second night and I had just like finished the like finished it not only finished it but sent it to the editor and I was like waiting for feedback and I told him if we die flying back across the ocean <laughs> it is it's done like that is That's it's now feeling. done and so you know they could publish it or not but mm-hmm. you know I, I I got it all out I did my best it's I, amazing. you know what a feeling it was it was so I mean and that's what I mean just it's been so funny the whole time I feel like even if it hadn't become a book it, the process of just going through it and and um and reflecting on the experience and for my own benefit, pulling out what the lessons really were. And then my intention with the book is not for people to do a no shopping experiment, although it will be very helpful if you decide you want to do something like that, whether it's for a week she or a month or a year. When she said that, I want you to know that. It's kind of like a, ha- a little bit of a handbook for that, but not about the the logistics of like how to not shop. It It more is about helping you come to the place where you realize that you don't need to shop for all the things you might be shopping for. Mm. And it's totally okay, the things that you are, because we do need things. We need beautiful, wonderful things. The point that I learned and that was really helpful was that the things that I need for a fulfilled life in my life are really different than the things that you might need for yours. And if I je- if we all are pay- paying attention to the same type of marketing, just this mass marketing then we, our lives are going to look really similar, but it might be satisfying only for a few. So what, what, how I determine what I need for my life has to happen in, inside my life. Not by looking out at what the latest catalog has or what my friends on Instagram have or what the new Nordstrom sale has, but what do I actually need? What do I want my life to look like, first of all? What does that actually look like for me? What components does it involve? What activities do we enjoy? How do we want to spend our time? All of these personal questions can only be answered by ourselves. But somehow we all, you know, sometimes the, the tide flows one way or the river, you know, flows one way and we all end up kind of feeling like we're doing the same thing. We're all living the same life. And, and societally, just to like, whoa, <laughs> go really, you know, idealistic here. Societally, we are all taught that the, the same things matter. We're taught that money matters. We're taught that achievement matters. We're taught that acknowledgement that matters in social media. We're taught that followers and engagement matter. We're taught that the louder you speak, the the more you should be listened to. Mm. And I True. I don't agree. Right. And uh, I have a podcast episode that I did months ago that I still go back to and listen to myself to hear myself say fulfillment 
is more important than achievement. If I'm striving for achievement and my everyday life sucks, mm-hmm. I'm living wrong. And if I'm living a fulfilled daily life with my kids, with my, with my job, doing the things in my job that I enjoy, it does not matter what I achieve because my achievement will have been living a good life. And that's all that really matters at the end of the day. It mm-hmm. totally is. I love that. Oh, we talk so about um, motivation and, and one of my things um, that I kind of come to the realization lately that is my like why my motivation is because I want to lay my head on the pillow at night and know that I like did what I was supposed to do and not what I was supposed to do because someone else dictated it, but that the things that I felt were important in that day or that I needed to do that I did those, I did those fearlessly and I listened to like the voice inside that was telling me which way to go that I did it because when I do that, I have peace and my, at the end of the day, my why for most things in my life is peace because when I lay my head down and I have not done that, when I have listened to the media or the nudges of society rather than the nudges from within, that is when my body starts having an anxiety response, honestly, because I'm in such disconnect with my purpose that that is when my body starts to like manifest symptoms of anxiety. And so my why is, is always peace. And I think that the book, um, I love that you got done writing the book. It was still manuscript, far journey from even coming out. It speaks to the efficacy of the experiment that at that moment you felt the fulfillment. Yeah. Like it really is such a beautiful full circle moment of like, yes, like you really, you got it. Like, like that it was, was enough. more it than it was enough. Yeah, it was more than I enough. I think that's such yeah. a beautiful story behind the book and behind, behind the content that is amazing but I just love that that moment came. It just totally, you know, buoys your message up of more than enough. I love it. It proves how easy it is to get to that point if you're really doing it for the right intention. As we wrap up the conversation and because we're talking about choosing enough, what would be um, maybe one last thought that you have to share about how we can be a little bit more intentional in making that choice, whatever that looks like for someone, whether it's related to consumerism or scaling back on something or whatever, but applying that principle across the board, what's, what's something that we can each do to think a bit, little bit more clearly about the choice in enough? So one of my favorite quotes, and I share it in the book, and I probably won't remember it word for word, but I remember listening to this talk and, uh, and this jumped out at me so clearly that there is no end to what the world has to offer. Therefore, it is crucial that we decide when we have enough. And I thought it like was like I was on fire for a second mm-hmm. and I thought, oh my gosh, like that is so true. It's so true. There is no end to what the world has to offer in terms of what you should do, how you should look, how much money you should have, what chairs you should put in your living room. I mean, everything. Like there is no end. And that's a beautiful thing because that in and of itself is abundance. That there is no end. There is enough for everyone. There is goodness. There are, there are ideas. There's beautiful products. Like it's incredible. There's so many beautiful things. But the second part of that is that it is crucial that we decide when we have enough. And the idea of choosing enough versus expecting to feel when we're there is really important because we are wired for eternal progress. We are wired for consistent improvement. The messaging gets crossed, though, in the world that we live in 
And so we see our progress and we see our improvement in the external Mm. rather than recognizing that, like we've said several times in this, in this podcast, and you need to hear it over and over again. We all need to hear this over and over again. Where you are today is enough. And you know how we know it? Because that's where you are. And it's as simple as that. And that doesn't mean that tomorrow you don't get more and you can't choose more and you can't want more. But where you are in your present moment is all you really have. And it has to be enough. So it is enough. That's the truth. Where you are and what you have right now is enough. So you get to choose if you believe it or not. And when you believe it, you invite peace. You invite fulfillment. You invite contentment. You invite joy. You invite that feeling of abundance, that feeling of gratitude. And when you choose to not believe it, then you feel that disconnect and you feel that fear and you feel that scarcity. And so at every point, and it's, I mean, it's a consistent effort, right? You don't just decide one day like, okay, I think I've got it. Like I, I have got yeah. peace. We're not Buddha here. Right. <laughs> we, we, we don't hit enlightenment yeah, and just stay okay. there not forever. Nirvana. Exactly. that would be fantastic. It would be wonderful. Yeah. It's a continual effort, but, but even just experiment with that. Experiment with deciding. All of those things that I think I need to have or be in order to feel peace, contentment, and joy in my life. What if I choose right now that where I am, I can feel all of those things exactly where I am. That everything that I have, that ratty old couch that your brother gave you that you hate so much that's been sitting in your living room and every day you look at it and you think, well, one day I'm going to have enough money to buy the one from West Elm that I really want. What if you decided, just experiment with the idea that for today, that's enough. And it's more than enough and be grateful for it. I feel like I love that in living this and continually, you know, I'm not perfect at it, but I have put myself on a path where I, I know that it's true because I have experimented with it and I have discovered that it is true. My life feels so different Mm. when I, I mean, and my life is the same in so many ways. Yeah. But it feels different because I'm choosing that it that it is. I'm well, choosing that it's okay. The myth is that so you want that West Elm couch and you save up and you get that West Elm couch. Well, what happens the next day? Are you a happier person? It's not new anymore. You're looking at the chair. Yeah. That now you was kind of okay, but now that you have the new West Elm couch, dang, that chair really needs to get switched. Mm-hmm. Right? There is no product or relationship or or thing in your life or trip that can that can fill in that gap because it just moves that target will just move and oh, keep that's moving. a good point it is and, a moving target. and then that peace and happiness totally eludes you right this is a very inspiring conversation i feel i feel like goosebumps are being felt across the nation and the world <laughs> <laughs> the book is called more than enough okay so that's and the way that you get your hands on this book and you feel even more inspired by Miranda's message is by picking it up and you can get it on Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. You can get it on, if you live in the United States or Canada, I believe Canada, you can get it on Amazon. And if you live anywhere internationally, we ship it worldwide from my Live Free Creative shop. So if you live anywhere else other than the USA or Canada, you can get it at shop.livefreecreative.co. Where do they find you on social media? 
I'm at Live Free Miranda on Instagram and Twitter. I've started tweeting recently. Ooh. Really? Can you believe that? It's kind of new yeah, and fun. New. Yeah. So um, I'm not going there, but good for you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I don't uh, think I can use that few characters. Like no. that, that sounds no, very restrictive to me. <laughs> yeah, I like it. It's, it, it's kind of new. It's, it's a little a experiment. Exercise, yeah, exactly. Right? I'm doing a little it's hashtag everyday gratitude over yeah. there. Just, you know, it's a little short and sweet. That's cool. Um, yeah. And then the blog is livefreecreative.co and... And the podcast is Live Free Creative. So between Live Free Miranda and Live Free Creative, you will find me. You can find her everywhere. It's an honor to have you on the show. Thank you for adding your voice to the message that we are trying to share week after week and and really almost every day on our respective Instagram accounts as well, which is cultivating a good life. And what that means for everybody is so personal. It's such an individual journey, but let's talk about what it means. And you've shared a very specific experiment that you've had, an experience that you've had with what this has meant for you personally and as a family to cultivate a good life. And it's just remarkable and it's inspiring. And I love that you've put it in the form of a book like this is, and I'm, we're holding it in our hands. <clears throat> and she's literally of, hand, like she's been, hand, every time she says she's holding it, she literally, literally holds it to, it up, to maintain it up, her integrity with not lying to you. It's so gorgeous. It and you really want to like is. stroke the cover. Yes. Because it's just delicious and yummy, and it has an ombre situation happening that just makes my heart sing. It really is a beautiful. <laughs> it is. It's book. actually a beautiful book. It's going to go on my coffee table because my husband and I are going to read this together. But, but it really at the is time a of recording, book. this is the first time we've held this in our hands. Mm-hmm. So literally, yeah. by the time this airs, I will have read it. And I'm not in a big reading season right now because of everything going on. I'm doing a lot of listening, but I'm going to sit and I'm going to read, and I'm really genuinely so excited to not only read it, but to cheer you on and just, I love, I, we love, I mean, we are so grateful for other women who are trying to do the right thing, who are trying to put goodness and light into the world. And that's what this is. It is good and it is light and it's wonderful and it's going to inspire so many people. So thank you for writing the book. Thank you for doing the work that you do. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much. It's been amazing. I want to wrap up with one, one statement, which kind of piggybacks off of what Becky was saying with we are constantly sharing things that will help you to cultivate a good life. And that comes in many forms on the podcast. But what I want to emphasize right now is that there is common threads, right? There's a lot of things we share, but there are common threads and the common thread of having enough and having an abundance mentality about yourself, about your life, about your family, um, can apply to everyone. There's not one person that does not need this. This is not a tailored message for the few who need this. Every single one of us need to have this, um, abundance mentality and know that what we have and what we are is enough because it will change everything that comes after it. And as always, any specific little itty bitty thing that is just tugging at your heart right now, don't ignore it. (sighs) Think about the thing. What did you feel the big thing? What? I don't like the tug, but I'm going to do it. Oh my gosh. Are you going to, I wasn't going to put you on the spot. No, I, I actually was not I going this to circle is back. Be a really, um, Are you going to like, even though, you know, this exercise, this is something that would be good for me in my life. Are you talking about with from a materialistic standpoint, from a consumerism, from a consumerism thing? I really enjoy that. And I think that was something that would be really valuable exercise you guys, for she, my family. She's breaking into hives right now. I'm <laughs> watching her. <laughs> um, and I think no, this will be not. a really great, again, it scares me. And when things scare me, I know that That's it awesome. is something that I need to try. So I will not commit to a year. But yeah, I will, don't. I'm going to commit to a month. Wow. I'm, I'm going to do a month. Be careful there. Are you sure? 
Totally. You know, I don't think you're talking her down. (laughs) No, I'm not. No, hey, listen, let's, I don't mean to keep going back to the parallel, but I will because it's so real. When David invited me to take a week off of work, no, wait, let's do a whole month. Remember how hard that was for me. And that's what sent me into the anxiety attack. At the end of the month, magic. And I didn't want to go back to work. Yeah. I was like, this is too amazing. I want to actually. This is what my life could be. This is how I could feel. This is the season I need to be in. This is the fresh, this is what the fresh water feels like. Yes. What? Right. And so, yeah, I like it, Becky. I say do a month and then just see how you feel. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's so beautiful. Like you, you can't fail because, because it's an experiment. Mm -hmm. It's informing yourself of what your life needs. Yeah, I mean, and that's 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 all. And I, I know my it. husband is going. To oh, send he's going to really super love this. <laughs> he's probably going to send you flowers, Miranda. I'll take them. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor's going to flip out. He's going to love this. Okay, this has been the best conversation, Miranda. Thank you again for being thank here. Thank you so much. It's a, seriously an honor. I love you both. I'm so happy to be here. We love you. We appreciate it. And it's our honor. And you guys, you know that we love you, and we will be with you next week. So we'll see you then. And in the meantime, you can find all of us on Instagram. So stay in touch there. Bye-bye. Peace. Was that noise hey down ladies <laughs> are you are you hearing you something hear from that? the basement so what was that okay here we go shush we're gonna start it like for real why are you holding the book like a weirdo <laughs> i'm holding She's in my hand the title <laughs> the title okay okay do i sound smart and sexy a little bit yes